We're hoping this can come about. Again, anything could happen between now and and July the 5th. But another thing that we're going to have to do differently is uh, we're going to have to go from Facebook to YouTube. It's just absolutely going to be a necessity. We have... uh, we have equipment ordered that we are, it's going to be permanent. We're going to start uh, uh, showing our, our worship service live every Sunday, but it will have to be on YouTube and not, uh, not Facebook. And so uh, Jason is going to, uh, at the close of the service today, Jason is going to come up here and explain uh, uh, how to make that happen if you uh, want to watch on, on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> He asked me if I wanted to do it, and since I have absolutely no idea how it will happen, I'm just going to let Jason uh, explain it to you. And so uh, we'll be making sure you have that information. Sometime soon, uh, the live view will be on YouTube, and Jason will explain how to make that happen. Today, of course, is Father's Day, and so we want to acknowledge all of the dads. Happy Father's Day to you the importance of having that dad at home and and leading that family I don't think you can uh, overstate how important that is that is the way God planned it and that's the responsibility that God has has laid on our shoulders men dads are very very important if I could just tell you a little personal story that just happened a couple of days ago, and maybe this will help emphasize the importance of dads. Uh, Brandy's husband, Blake, is an electrical worker, and there are are times when he's just got to work out of town, and this is one of those times. Uh, When he does, he has a a camper that he uh, pulls to wherever he's at, and uh, he he lives in that camper while he is away from home. Brandy and Ezra and Livia have been down to visit him. He's down in, in Georgia now, quite a, quite a few miles away at this time. They've been trying to visit him uh, this summer. Uh, just recently they were down there for several days. They came home for a few days uh, last week to make sure everything's okay around the house. And while they were here, they came by our house one evening, and and Melissa asked Ezra, what's the best thing about staying in the camper? Ezra's reply was, Dad is there. And so it it just kind of shows you how important having that, that dad, that dad is. Dad, you're very important. And as I was thinking about what I was going to say this morning, I, th- I thought I'd probably talk about dads and the responsibilities that they have, and that is very important. But there are some days when I just need to talk a little bit <laughs> about what's on my mind and, and in my heart. And seeing the things that we are seeing on the news as of late has, has stirred me up a little bit. And I, I just want to talk about some of the things that I have been thinking about. When I was a younger man, I was really bad about reacting too quickly. Speak too quick. Act too quick. And when you do that, you're going to make mistakes. And so I, I, I tried to train myself to think things through. 
make better decisions, and hopefully fewer mistakes. Now I think in my old age, I've got too good at it. I think too much. I overanalyze. That's what I do. I overanalyze everything. I need to find something uh, uh, in the middle, something uh, in between when it comes to my, uh, my, my thinking cap. As I have gotten older, one difference that I have definitely seen in myself is that I am at the point in my life where things don't matter much to me at all. I'm talking about what I'm driving and the clothes I happen to be wearing at the time. Now, now I know that we need a certain amount of things, and if, if you're living a comfortable lifestyle, that's a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. We need a, a certain amount of those things just to be comfortable, and that's okay. I'm not going to attack your, your comfortable lifestyle this morning. I, I promise you that's, that's not what this lesson is going to be about. But now, at this point in my life, what I really want is for my little corner of the world to be a little bit better off because I'm there. I want the people around me. I want their lives to be a little bit better because they know me. Now, a few years ago, I would never even have thought of, of any such of a thing. And now it's very important to me. I want the world to be a little bit better because I'm in it. When I'm gone from this world, I want people to be able to say positive things about me. And I want it to be the truth. They're, they're never going to be able to say that Terry Smith was a snappy dresser. Most of the time, catch me on Monday morning, probably be in faded jeans, a pair of tennis shoes, and a t-shirt. That's my, that's my normal attire uh, during the day. They're never going to say, man, he is a classy dresser. They're never going to say, that Terry Smith is at the, the top of the social ladder. I don't think I've ever been past the first step of the social ladder. But do we realize, do we, do we understand this morning that when we leave this world and we step into eternity, that those kind of things will mean absolutely nothing. When we stand before God in judgment, those things won't matter at all. Zero. Nothing. They won't count for a thing. Forgive me if I just insulted you or offended you in some way. It could be that those things are very, very important to you. Just driving the, the right car and wearing designer clothes and hanging out with the right crowd. Those things might be important to you now, but i, I got to make sure that you know and understand that when you stand before God, those things won't help you at all. In fact, they might hinder you just a bit. God might say, you should have paid less attention to that and more attention to what I wanted you to do. Those things might actually hurt you. 
when you stand before God in judgment, when we step into eternity, they, they won't matter at all. Now, how we leave this world, now that's what matters. That's what's important. Joe Raines used to like to sing that song. It was in the old book. It's not in the new one. But the song was Leave Behind. Leave Behind, yes, Leave Behind. What will I leave behind? When I'm gone to worlds unknown, what will I leave behind? I think Joe knew that those things were, were really important. And they are. James tells us in James chapter 4, and this starts about verse 13 and goes down through verse 16. James says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a city and we'll continue there a year and, and we will buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. James adds to that, For you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. James says our life is, is just a vapor. The psalmist uses the same idea in the 39th Psalm. Psalms 39, starting at verse 4. The psalmist says, Lord... Make me to know my end and what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am. We think we're big and strong and invincible that I may know how frail I am. Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths. My age is as nothing before you. Certainly, every man at his best state is but a vapor. Verse 6 says, Surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain, heaps up riches, and does not know who will gather them. Ha have we thought about how frail we really are? And that our life is... It's just like a vapor and, and we can lose it. And then if we do, what will people say about us? Have you thought about it? What, what will they say about you when you are gone from this world? I'm not talking about when you know, you're, everybody is gathered at the funeral home and everybody's trying to comfort your family. A year later, your neighbor is sitting around the supper table. What? What would they say about you? Well, he had a real nice car. <laughs> he didn't have much character, but he had a nice car. She always dressed in the latest fashions. She never really cared about anybody but herself, but she always dressed nice. Or will they say, that man made a difference in the world? Will they say, she made other people's lives better? What, what will they say about us? Josiah was one of Judah's best kings. Judah didn't have too many good kings. But Josiah was one of their best. Josiah tore down 
all of the places of idolatrous worship, absolutely destroyed them. He had all the people gathered together and had the law of Moses read to them. And he insisted that the kingdom of Judah would practice the law. Josiah was a good king. Josiah was killed in battle with the Egyptians. He was struck by an arrow and it was, uh, it was fatal. Look with me at Second at Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 35. And this is what happened with Josiah. Verse 24. His servants therefore took him out of that chariot and put him in a second chariot that he had and they brought him to Jerusalem, and so he died, and was buried in one of the tombs of his fathers. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. Jeremiah also lamented for Josiah. And to this day, all the singing men and the singing women speak of Josiah in their lamentations. They made it a custom in Israel, and indeed, they are written in the laments. Josiah was missed when he was gone. How, how will people remember us? What will they say about us when we are gone? In Acts chapter 17, we find the, the Apostle Paul in Athens, Greece. Now, Athens was a great city. Great schools there. Intellectuals walking the streets uh, of Athens. And that, that's where Paul was uh, when, this, when he made this statement. He's talking to those Athenians in Acts chapter 17 and verse 24. God, who made the world and everything in it, since He is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is He worshipped with men's hands as though He needed anything, since He gives to all life and breath and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are his offspring. Our life is a gift from God. We are made in God's own image. That makes our life, our life important. But when we take God out of the picture, our life loses its purpose. It loses its, its, its meaning when we take God out of our lives. Remember that Solomon, back in the Old Testament, was, uh, was a great king. You know, Solomon, in his day, was one of the wealthiest and most powerful men in the world. He, he was. As Solomon even said about himself, he said, I, I was great. Said that about himself. And by the standards of the world, he was. But at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote, 
Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. If our life will have meaning, if, if, if it will have a, a, a purpose when our life is done, then we need God in our lives. But we live in a changing world, a, a world where people have a different spirit and a different attitude about things. And folks will say in our day, well, I have the right to be happy. And we do. We certainly do have the right to be happy. But some folks will use that as an excuse to do whatever they want to. Even if it hurts somebody else. Even if it makes somebody else's life more difficult they will justify themselves by saying, well, it made me happy, so it's okay. If we are so selfish that we don't care about the welfare and the well-being of anybody else, we've already taken God out of the picture. God is not in our life if that is the spirit that we have. Look with me at, at Romans chapter 15. Romans 15, this is that same Apostle Paul that we were talking about earlier. He wrote this in Romans 15 and verse 1. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and, and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. And then he says, even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. If we, if we want God in our life, we have to think about other people. We have to be willing to consider the welfare and the well-being of other people. Some folks will say in our day, I'm going to have a good time. <laughs> I'm going to have fun no matter what. I don't care what my family thinks. I don't care what the neighborhood thinks. I don't care what the preacher said last Sunday. I'm going to have a ball. Well, we, we all need to have some fun. I truly believe that. Uh, we all need to get out there for, for our own mental health. We need to just get out and have some fun sometimes. I truly believe that. But when we just give ourselves over to having a ball no matter what, we are headed down the wrong road and we are treading on dangerous ground when we decide to live that kind of lifestyle. In 2 Peter chapter 2, Peter wrote about, about folks who kind of have that attitude. I'm going to have fun and, and I don't care about the consequences. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and in verse 12, Paul says, But these, like natural brute beasts, 
made to be caught and destroyed. Those are Peter's words. Speak evil of the things that they do not understand, and they will utterly perish in their own corruption, and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. Peter wrote that, not me. Look at verse 17. They are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Folks, we need to have some fun. Absolutely. We need to get out there and have some fun and enjoy ourselves. I I am all for it. But let us use some common sense. Let us use good judgment. And most of all, don't forget about God. We'll close with a passage from Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, and this starts at verse 24. This is what Jesus tells us. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, if we want Jesus in our life, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? If we want our lives to end well, if we, if, if we want it to, to be a, a good ending. Uh, years ago, uh, years ago I, I watched a movie, and there was a, there was a line from that movie that I have, I have always, always remembered. And, and it, was, it took place, the movie, was, uh, the movie setting was in the early 1900s, uh, in the West, and the West was not tamed at that time, and, and it was a, a ranching family, and, and they had a close association with the Native Americans who lived about them, and there were, in the course of the movie, I guess there were three or four different people who, uh, who died in the course of, of that movie. And one thing that the Native Americans said about a couple of those people. They said, it was a good death. What they meant was, things were, at least from their point of view, things were good when they left this world. If we want that to be true of us, we got to take up our cross. And follow Jesus. 
That has to be our goal and our purpose in life. And you can do that if you're willing. You can start by obeying the gospel. If you've never become a Christian, if you are willing to repent of your sins, to confess your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, to be immersed in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins. You can be added to the Lord's church this very day. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Perhaps you have obeyed the gospel at some point in your life, but maybe somewhere along the way you laid your cross down. And you know that you are, have not been as faithful as you should have been. You can fix it. Repent of those things that, that caused you to stray. Ask for the prayers of the faithful and be restored. While we stand, while we sing. Walk and wash away.